Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year. Managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup. Putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year. And me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest. And we'd go up there. And just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom-fitted for a new pair of Tecovis boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Maroon Friday edition of the Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. I am actually back in Starkville after two uh, wonderful days in Hoover, Alabama at the SEC Baseball Tournament. Uh, Back in Starkville because it is graduation day at Starkville High School, and I have uh, among the greatest graduates to, to ever uh, walk across that stage at Starkville High School, which will be at the Humphrey Coliseum. But uh, So I will not be there uh, for this evening's game against LSU. We're going to get into everything that has transpired this week, what is expected to happen, um, and what will happen today or what we expect to happen today. But uh, Dave Murray and uh, Robbie Falk will be there to have uh, full coverage for us of the Jeans Page variety, and so we encourage you to go by and check out our full coverage there. Nobody's going to cover the Bulldogs more comprehensively than we do. That is a fact, okay? That, that is not a matter of opinion. That is a fact. We've got more people, more committed, working to bring you more coverage 
every single day. Jeanspage.com. I want to thank our fine sponsors, Campus Bookmart. Absolutely love those folks. I absolutely do. Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, the, the straw that stirs the Campus Bookmart drink there. Go by, say hello. I've even had some people send me pictures of them uh, getting to know Susie or getting to know Stan the man. The, these people are Stark villains all the way. They are here to serve you. They'll treat you like family because you are family. Okay? Go in there. Find the latest and greatest in Marunawai fashions, novelty items, memorabilia. You can outfit your home, your pets, your RV, whatever you're looking for. You can find it there. And if you can't make it to town, we encourage you to visit them at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we will give you a promo code to save a little cash. That code is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll save you free shipping on all orders over $50. Now let me go ahead and tell you now, you're probably going to hear some background noise because I have a house full of company. Uh, there is the day-to-day operations of the Robertson family household that are being conducted. The, the, the dryer is running. Video games are being played. So if you hear that, don't be alarmed. Don't think I'm being unprofessional. I'm just living life on life's terms, okay? So let's uh, let's get into uh, where we stand right now. The, the first ball game, and, and we've, we've talked about this, uh, you know, among ourselves, but uh, that epic ball game, that 17-inning deal, that 6-5 winner, man, it's uh, one of those things I don't think that I would ever see before. I kind of joke with Brett Hudson as they made the announcement that uh, it was the longest game in SEC tournament history. I told Brett, I said, you know, I, I never wanted to be a part of this. You know, it's like it's uh, as great as it was, it was a grind. And I'll tell you, what a great effort by the Mississippi State players. I mean, it, to uh, to kind of grind through that and kind of find a way to win that ball game because you know as well as I do, and maybe it's because I spent 16 years in Baton Rouge. Maybe. Or maybe because I have spent a lifetime as a Mississippi State fan that uh, when LSU tied that ball game in the eighth, I began to think to myself, I have seen this movie more times than I can count. I'll go ahead and hit the hay because I know how this one's going to turn out. But that was not the case. And I'll tell you, not much more can be said about how great Mississippi State was to gut that thing out. And uh, give you a quick recap. You know, when we, we go ahead for nothing, it really felt like State had some missed opportunities and uh, you know, had a chance to really have that big breakout inning. You know, we were all worried uh, a little bit about, um, you know, that they, they trot Walker back out there. And Walker dominated Mississippi State in that Saturday game, game three, the, se- the series clincher uh, back in March. But State jumps all over him. And, uh, you know, looking back on that, we really let him off the hook. Really, really let him off the hook. You know, it's like you go back and look at the first. Mangan with a leadoff single. Then all of a sudden they hit Westberg. You get a double. It's one nothing. You get runners at second, third. They walk Foscue. The bases are loaded. But guess we got the bases loaded in the first with a run home and nobody out. And we can only manage to get one more run in. That was a missed opportunity beyond all measure. You get Skelly to get the uh, the sack fly to get the run home, make it two nothing, and the next thing you know, we hit into a double play. The inning is over, so we kind of let them slip off the hook there a little bit, allow them to stay in the game. But listen, that's what great teams and programs do. You know, just when you think you've got them on the ropes, uh, you know they'll find a way. Well, we come back again in a second. We get it. We get a leadoff double. Then all of a sudden, we get a K. We get a fly out. We get an intentional walk, and then Westy comes through. Gets a big single, drives it a run. It's three nothing. 
But I know all of you kind of felt like I did, is, hey, we need to keep scoring. And I tweeted about that. I said, you know, in order to beat OSU, you you, you got you to you punch their eyes off, cut their heads off, you know, have them draw and quartered because they they simply won't quit. And, uh, you know, you, you guys know how much I respect that baseball program. I'm also very jealous of them because of the, the mystique that often is as it relates to LSU. Uh, but all that being said, you come back in the third, you get another run, and again, we kind of let them off the hook, right? Foskey walks, Skelton fouls out, Rowdy singles, we've got runners at first and second, Hatcher singles on an infield hit, the bases are loaded again. Then next thing you know, Hancock is hit by the pitch, we get a run home, so we score there. And then despite the fact that the bases were loaded, that's all we get out of the deal. Because then Marshall Gilbert lines into a double play, and it's one of those things just, you know, really thought Hatcher got back there for a second, thought they kind of anticipated the call, but uh, did not work out in their favor. So, again, that's two bases loaded opportunities in the first three innings, and State kind of gets minimal result out of that. And uh, at that point, you just kind of felt like we're letting these guys hang around. We've been here so many times. We kind of understand we're going to have to find other ways to, to score here. Four runs wasn't going to be enough, even through three innings. Because, you know, remember, Carolina was up 5-1 on these guys through two, and uh, they come back and find a way to kind of win the game pretty handily. LSU finally gets, and that's kind of the forgotten story in this whole Wednesday night game, Brandon Smith. Man, what a great job that freshman did. What poise from a young guy. I mean, really, gives you a, a career-long pitching performance. They finally get to him a little bit in the fifth, and we probably had, uh, you know, probably extended him a little longer than maybe maybe we should. But man, he had been so good, and that's one of the things that gives me so much, you know, excitement about the future. When you begin to think about that weekend rotation next year, and, and listen, we need to take advantage of what we got right now. But you begin to think about next year, the pieces for next year are already beginning to be identified. Brandon Smith gives you four and a third, allows five hits, charged with two runs, just the one walk, five strikeouts. 72 pitches, outstanding effort from him. And immediately people are like, we found our fourth starter. Well, guys, I hope we don't ever need a fourth starter this year, okay? Uh, I hope we can get to the regional, just go ahead and win three and get on out of there. But the bottom line is this, is Brandon Smith gives you the performance you need. And I interviewed Scott Foxhall here a few weeks back, and I I asked him specifically about Brandon Smith because talking to some of our players, I kept hearing that he was a guy that's going to make a jump. And Fox, he said – He's going to pitch big innings for us, and it might even be this year compared to next year. What does he do? He goes out and competes well against Louisiana Tech, then comes back and competes well against LSU. Great effort. But you knew LSU would make a run. And, of course, they did. You know, they, they get the two runs, and then, and then the game kind of settled for a while, and we get into the eighth. And that's one of those things that really, really gets to you, is you're, you're doing okay, Right. Watson's hit by the pitch. And it always seems when you put when you voluntarily put the leadoff guy on, it's almost like you lose like, you know, thirty minutes of your life. You know what I mean? This is one of those things it's just I, I think it shortens the quality of your life when you pers- when you let the leadoff guy on. It's one thing when they hit their way on, but he's hit by the pitch and then on a two two count. Uh, Giovanni Giacomo is a guy that, that really had not done a whole lot, just kind of runs into one and ties the ball game. And, of course, we get out of it with three ground outs after that, and you just kind of felt like, 
you know, here we go again, right? That's, that's how it felt. Here we go again. And then Cole Gordon comes in, and it's just simply outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. He did such a good job that Paul Maneri thought he was cheating. I mean, think about that. He did such a good job that Paul Maneri had to send the officials out there to check his glove. And, uh, and here's the deal. Well, I don't like it. I understand it. Okay, some of that you're just trying to get in a guy's head and kind of disrupt things, and that's kind of who Paul Maneri is, right? Try to find a way to do something. And I, I, think, I think it really backfired on LSU because I think what it really did then, I think it fired up the Mississippi State team even more. Cole Gordon comes up there, gives you five innings, guys. Five innings. And listen, before we even get to that, Riley Self, a good inning for him. I know that he's a guy that's been a little bit up and down, and maybe he's back next year as a senior, but I thought Riley gave you good innings, nearly two innings to work there, and you lift him in, in favor of Liebelt. And, and, you know, Liebelt's a guy that's it's a sinker. You know, he's going to throw that sinker and just happen to get a pitch elevated and, and give up the home run, and that's just not Liebs, okay? That's, that's not who he is. We all know that. But Cole comes in. Gives you five innings of one-hit relief. One hit. He did walk some guys, but he gets eight strikeouts and just really some grown man baseball there and really allowed Mississippi State to ride on his shoulders. Jack Egan comes in, gives you an inning and a, and a third. Had some walks at times a little bit shaky, but I thought Jack, perhaps his best outing of the campaign, really, really gave State some, some quality uh, pitching there. Just allowed just the one hit. Keegan James, it looked like Keegan was going to be a tough luck loser in this deal, despite the fact that he pitched really well. Now, you get into, uh, I guess that's the 16th inning, and LSU, it just seemed like that, that, that stupid possum was going to find a way. Duplantis comes out with a leadoff single. You get guy swinging. And, and that's one of the things, too. Let me say this, too, because I, th- I think it's fair to, that we get into this. I had read some of our fans being really critical of Crystal Mono saying, well, he mismanaged the game, and why do you have this guy? We ended up playing four different right fielders. You know, <clears throat> LSU was kind of in a similar situation. They ended up having to play a backup catcher, a backup first baseman, because there are a lot of times you have these moments in the ball game, especially late, where we're going to play to win it right now, and you don't begin to manage the subsequent innings. You don't think in mind, okay, we've got to do this. But when you get into a 16-17 inning type game, you're going to have some unusual situations. Uh, and I, I think that's what happened, you know, with uh, with LSU. They had some guys go to the plate that uh, not really seasoned hitters, and uh, State was able to take advantage. But uh, you get in the 16th there, I guess the plan of singles, Dugas strikes out, Cabrera singles, two men on, you walk Watson to load the bases, then, then Giovanni, again, flies out to left. Rowdy gets behind it, and I think he's going to have a shot, and uh, the throw comes a little bit up the line, but you get the second out. Then you get Mathis, another one of those late inserts, right? You two guys in that decisive inning that didn't have a lot of ABs, and State's able to get out of it and kind of limit the damage there just to one run. And, and this will sound a little bit silly, and in hindsight, I guess it's one of those things that's just part of the deal. I didn't think we were done. It's like even when I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, this thing isn't over. This thing's not over. Rowdy comes up, gets a leadoff single, and then I'm thinking, okay, we're, we're fixing to tie the ball game. We're fixing to tie the game. Gunner strikes out, doesn't get the bunt down, because that's the first thing I'm thinking. Gunner's a pretty good bunter. He'll get the bunt down. Doesn't get the bunt down, right? Then Landon Jordan, the fr- a freshman, almost a forgotten man on this team. He's had some big at-bats from Mississippi State here uh, down the stretch. Singles through the left side. Now we've got not only the tying run, 
but the winning run on base. Marshall flies out. Rowdy takes third. And that was such a huge play in the ball game. It, 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 it doesn't really make the box score. That's not going to make your highlight reel. But Rowdy going from second to third there, and yes, that should be a routine play. But if that doesn't happen, if Rowdy, it's tired, it's two in the morning, but if Rowdy stays at second, Mississippi State's already out of the SEC tournament. Okay? Mangum then, they, they ruled it an error. And I thought that was kind of a tough luck call. The run counts either way. But I thought Jake was going to beat it out because it was just a little tapper just by the mound that a second baseman had to come up on. And that's the thing about Jake. And here's a lesson to the kids, okay? To every kid out there, whether you and, – and listen, uh, I know Finn Chandler, my buddy Finn. I know you're listening, Finn, the son of my buddy Blair. Finn is my guy. Finn, listen to me. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to all those young baseball players out there. Mississippi State tied that ball game for two reasons. Number one, Rowdy Jordan made the smart play by going from second to third. And the second thing is Jake Mangum, the reputation of Jake Mangum as a baseball player and as a guy who always hustles to first. Jake's reputation forced that error because everybody knows – in this league, on any ground ball, whether it's a routine play or a little number somewhere, Jake Mangum is going to run to first base like he is running for his life. He never dogs at the first base. He's always running wide open. He puts so much pressure on the defense, and because of the pressure that Jake exerted there, the second baseman knows I have to come up quick and field this thing perfect and make a perfect throw. And then what does he do? He fumbles the ball away. Rowdy scores. Jake is safe. The game is tied. That's why the game is tied. It's because you play good baseball. You do it the right way. There are a lot of people out here that kind of Cadillac this thing. You know, there's a lot of people that want to pimp foul balls. You know what I'm saying? They, they hit a long foul ball down the left field line in a game when you're getting your butt whipped and getting swept at home. And they want to sit there and stand and stare at that ball like it means something. Those guys will never succeed in baseball or anything else. But when you've got guys like Rowdy Jordan that'll do the next right thing, the next right thing is, you know what, we're down to our last out, but I'm going to go ahead and take third because that's a smart baseball play. That guy's going to be successful. That guy that's tearing out of the box, you know, because there are a lot of baseball players, even on the college level, when they hit that tapper to second base, they're going to go ahead and react and assume the out, and they're not going to give their best effort. But because Jake gave his best effort, that's what happens. Jake made that happen. And not just because he did it in that moment, because Jake does it every single time. People want to talk about the hits. They want to talk about the diving catches in the outfield, and all that's important. But the number one thing that makes Jake Mangum great is Jake Mangum plays the game wide open in every instance possible. And that's why Mississippi State tied the ball game. Because that defender knew, I've got to be perfect. And you know what? He wasn't. And next thing you know, the game is tied. And we get to the glorious 17th. And I don't know if you saw it. I, I sent out my Kip Winger tweet because I was trying to amuse myself at that point because I'm absolutely exhausted. But I begin to think to myself, as, as exhausted as we all were, think about these players and the roller coaster of emotions and how that, that begins to take a toll on you. But when we tied that game in the 16th, it almost felt like it was a destiny-type deal for Mississippi State. 
And I kind of turned to Logan Lowry and I said, you know, if you're going to play 17, you might as well win the dadgum thing. What happens? You go out there, Keegan gets one, two, three inning, right? You get Chris Reed, and Chris Reed killed Mississippi State in the, in the series here back in March. He was SEC Player of the Week after his weekend in Starkville. Reed grounds out, Broussard flies out, Smith flies out, and the emotion out of the Bulldog dugout to, to reach Keegan James, after that, you just kind of felt like Keegan had found something. And maybe, you know, this is, you know, last year down the stretch, this is when Keegan James kind of figured it out. And if we can have him come out there and give us two or three innings of middle relief out of the bullpen, because uh, we're going to need that, right? I mean, you're, you don't throw complete games in college very often. You're going to need that. And that could be an interesting piece of things. Keegan ends up getting the win in this thing, going two and two-thirds of an inning, allowing two hits and just the one run. A couple walks, just the one strikeout. Uh, but uh, big innings for him. We come up in the 17th. Just kind of felt like it. It just kind of felt, even coming out of the dugout, it just kind of felt like we're going to be okay. And then Tanner flies out, and Foskey strikes out swinging. And again, Finn, if you're listening to me, listen good. Justin Foscue, because number one, he is a winner, okay? He is a winner. And number two, because Justin Foscue has a high baseball IQ, Foscue understands we need a base runner. He strikes out on a wild pitch, and then he races down the first and gets there without a throw. So now all of a sudden, that out is erased, and we've got the winning run on base with less than two outs. And then Dustin Skelton strikes out. He takes off for first. But by rule, you can't do that. If first pace is occupied, Skelton can't reach. But Foscue is able to take second. So now the winning run is at second base because of hustle. He's on base because of hustle. He's at second because of hustle. Remember, it's 3 in the morning, guys. It's 3 in the morning. And there's Justin Foscue playing the game wide open every single instance. Rowdy Jordan is intentionally walked, sits up a force at every base other than home, and then Gunnar Halter, the guy that couldn't get the bunt down, comes up on the very first pitch, and he rips that ball back up the middle. Josh Smith lays out, tries to get it, and at that point you just wondered if the throw was going to be on time. It was on time, but it was up the line. Foscue scores, diving head first slide, and then there is pandemonium. It was such a glorious feeling on that field. We went down to interview the players, and there's all these Mississippi State fans standing on the dugout because they just couldn't get close enough to your team. And that's how we all felt, I think, that it was just one of those moments that will not soon be forgotten. Huge, huge moment. Gunnar Halter is the guy that's kind of been up and down at times and said he's never played right field, never had a walk-off. These are the kind of moments that sustain your team. When times get tough and you think, you know what, we've been in a situation worse than this. We were down and running a 16th inning, and then we, we tied the game because of the fact that uh, Jake Mangum runs wide open on a, a ground ball to the second baseman and didn't even make the, the dirt, right? Didn't even make it out of the grass. And we tied the ball game. And then we, we get the winning run on base and score because we, we ran it out on a strikeout while pitch, right? That's what happens. When you play good baseball, when you play baseball the right way, the game will love you back. When you love the game and you play it the right way and you give your best effort, the game will love you back. And that's what happened in this ball game. Mississippi State kind of exercises the demons a little bit there. Big, big night. We'll come out last night, and before we get to that, I want to tell you, uh, Bulldog Burger Company is uh, doing some interesting things this summer. They'll have some big news for you here pretty soon. But uh, 
a lot of specials. And so there are many of us year-round residents here that uh, we get in the summertime, we think, you know, it's really nice. The students aren't here, not that we don't love them, but it's nice to have, uh, you know, the lines aren't quite as long when you go other places. You can take full advantage of that outdoor eating area at Bulldog Burger Company. It is a great place to go sit, visit with friends, and uh, just kind of enjoy the cotton districts. So I encourage you to do that. Go grab an adult beverage and sit out there and just have a good evening. But also, if you're looking for a great family meal, you're going to find it right at Bulldog Burger Company. There are so many times that the kids will be out of school and you're looking for something to do and they get tired of eating all the uh, all the, the frozen foods you get. You know, the, we, you can only have so many chicken pot pies and burritos. you got to have a great restaurant-quality hamburger, and you're going to find that at Bulldog Burger Company. So I encourage you, be smart, folks, okay? You don't want them just eating anywhere. Maybe go grab some of those Bulldog Burger gift cards and kind of have that handy so when the babysitter comes over, rather than have them, you know, what are we going to eat today? We know what, why don't you take the kids to Bulldog Burger Company? That's the way to go. That's what your kids want. Be the coolest parents your kids could ever have. I let them go to Bulldog Burger Company. It's where the cool kids go to eat. Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Starkville people go to meet. M-E-A-T. So let's get into last night. And uh, there are a lot of people that are a little bit down today because we didn't win last night. Well, I am down, but I'm not out. Okay, and I'll tell you a couple reasons why. There are some people within this country and those that follow college baseball that believe that Vanderbilt is the best team in the country. I do not agree especially away from Nashville. I believe Mississippi State showed Vanderbilt and the rest of college baseball last night. Mississippi State is one hit away from winning the whole thing. One hit away. One timely hit away from winning the whole thing. I think we're that close. Uh, Vanderbilt looked a little gassed last night. I thought State, even though State played that marathon game, I thought State had some energy late in that ball game. We just simply couldn't find a way to get that big hit. We did, And, you know, Marshall Gilbert, two for three last night, and he gets on base with an HBP. That's big, and, I, and I'll tell you, there's a, a couple reasons why. He's turning the order over. Jake's pressing a little bit now, but Jake is going to figure it out. I'm not necessarily going to tell Jake Mangum how to hit. I mean, he had a couple strikeouts last night. Jake will figure it out. And as long as Gilbert's continuing to get on base, Jake's going to face a lot of guys in a stretch. And Jake's going to cash in. Jake will find a way to make that happen. He hadn't always been the best of SEC tournament hitters. But Jake knows Duty Noble Field, and we're going to play a lot of baseball at Duty Noble Field. But State had a base runner on in every inning last night other than the ninth inning and just simply couldn't get that timely hit. And listen – you tip your cap to Drake Fellows. The guy came out and did a great job. Mississippi State, I think uh, Robbie Falk had figured out that State had struck out 10 or more times, just five times last year, counting last night. But I think State got close enough to this deal to figure out that there's not a monster hiding in the closet. You know, we got a chance to give Vandy, uh, we were able to size him up a little bit, and I think everybody feels a little bit better today. And so, you know what? We're just as good as them. They were just one pitch better than us last night. And I don't listen. I don't want to sit here and hang a, uh, you know, hang a charge on Rowdy Jordan. I, Rowdy didn't see that ball off the bat, in the you know the RBI single that fell in there. You know, Rowdy sees that ball off the bat. We might still be playing. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't think one run was going to be enough to win the ball game. But ultimately, it was. And uh, Dave Murray, I think, ran the numbers last night. States played in 142. SEC tournament games been shut out what three times maybe I mean it's just a, it's a ridiculously low number and I don't know if you know this Ron Polk won more games than Hoover than anybody 
more than Skip Bertman, more than Paul Maneri, more than Tim Corbin, more than anybody. Ron Polk, your guy, Ron Polk. More games than anybody else in the SEC tournament, ever. But uh, Tanner gets a hit last night and uh, got that big double to open you know, in the first inning. Thought some big things were going to happen there. Foscue gets a couple of hits. Really blistered a couple of balls, too. Really, really hit the ball well. Luke Hancock gets a hit. Marshall Gilbert with a couple. State with six hits on a night. Vanderbilt with three. The difference is, is Vanderbilt kind of took advantage of a miscue on the hit by pitch, and they're able to kind of get that run across there in the second inning. Uh, and that it's, a, it's incredible how life works. You know, State comes out and gets a runner on, and then they just simply couldn't get the guy in. And then there were so many times that Ethan was so masterful that Vanderbilt just simply could do nothing. Vanderbilt gets – here's how their second inning went. DeMarco strikes out, then Scott is hit by the pitch. There's an infield single on a bunt, and it's one of those things, too. You, Small gets to it and just throws a little bit wide. He, he kind of rushed himself. So you got an HBP, and you've got a kind of a mishandled bunt there. You get a strikeout. There's two on, two out. And then Infante just lifts the ball to the left. You don't get to. And that's the margin sometimes. When you're playing with against championship contenders, that's often the margin of victory is it boils down to one play or one pitch. And that's what happened to Mississippi State last night. You know what? You don't hit that kid, or maybe you filled that bunt clean. You know, it's a different game. Then what do you do the next inning? Vanderbilt goes one, two, three. What do you do the fourth inning? Vanderbilt goes one, two, three. They get into fifth. They get a walk. But we get two strikeouts in the inning. No hits. You get into the sixth. You get a leadoff single. Then you get a pop-up, a strikeout, a lineout. Get into the seventh. Strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. Get into the eighth. You get a walk, a flyout, double play. And so Mississippi State pitching and Mississippi State defensively really showed for the most part that they can go toe-to-toe with Vanderbilt, again, who many people consider the best team in the country. I am encouraged today. I am not depressed today. I am encouraged today because I believe Mississippi State has shown that they are capable of winning the national championship this year. There's always some talk about, well, you know, one day we're going to win one. We're capable of winning one this year. We have the front-line pitching to do it, and, yes, we have the offense to do it. It didn't show it last night. you got one of the best hitting coaches in the country in Jay Gotro. You've got Coach Cheeseborough. You've got Coach Lamonis. They will figure this out, okay? They will get it done because now here's, here's the, the other part of this deal too. Mississippi State knows how Vanderbilt wants to pitch them, right? Now, Vanderbilt knows how Mississippi State wants to pitch them, but I think if you look at what Mississippi State did last night and look at what Ethan Small did, it's outstanding. It's absolutely outstanding. And, and, I, and I believe that uh, Ethan can give you a similar effort. I really do. Drake Fellows has been a little bit up and down. He was on last night. Give him credit. You know, he had, had had given up four runs or more in four of his five previous starts and then uh, holds Mississippi State down. So give him credit for, for pitching big on the big stage. State got five hits on him and just one on the Vanderbilt bull, bullpen. But you didn't find a way to get that big one. And uh, that's one of those things I think you, you look back and say, okay, but we can't go into Hoover and say, okay, the whole thing is meaningless and then walk out of here not feeling like we gained some ground on Vanderbilt. And I think Mississippi State has legitimized themselves as a top eight national seed. I think everybody sees that now. We might be the lowest ranked of the top eight national seeds from the SEC, and that's okay. As long as we get to host the regional and super regional here and we get to Omaha, I think, I think on a neutral field, State is capable of beating anybody. And again, remember, you out hit them, and you only lose by one, 
and you don't get anything really from Jake or Rowdy yesterday. You don't get anything from Dustin Skelton yesterday or Josh Hatcher or Jordan Westberg, who was moved down in the order. But those guys are going to contribute. You know, you're going to have some nights like that. And uh, you tip your cap to Vanderbilt and say, you know what? Okay, guys, you got us. But you know what? We're going to be better for this, and we're going to get you to next time. So Mississippi State will play an elimination game today. It will be the second game of the day. Ole Miss and Arkansas will play here shortly. But yes, they'll play LSU today, elimination game. And I, th- I think everybody feels a little bit better about playing them today than we did a couple days ago. LSU has exhausted a lot of their pitching options. They are going to start Clay Moffitt. Clay Moffitt, 2.65 ERA, 2-0 and on the season, 11-2, and just the two starts. Has only thrown just 17 innings, allowed 11 hits, 7 runs, 5 of them earned, 4 walks against 14 strikeouts, allowed 3 doubles, a triple, 2 home runs, and in 61 at-bats, opponents are only hitting 180 against him. So this is a big moment for him. This is a big moment for Mississippi State offense. I expect State to come out and score some runs today. State also has JT get on the hill. You may recall, LSU is really the only team that's kind of gotten in JT. He kind of overthrew a little bit in that ball game. That's kind of the beginning of that issue with that arm. Remember that? Remember that he, he, LSU's left-handers kind of got to him a little bit? I'm not going to give it away, but I'll tell you, JT Ginn is going to pitch LSU a little bit different. Okay? Go ahead and be prepared for that. If you know anything about JT Ginn, JT is not one of those kids. If you beat him once, you better understand the second time around, he's going to come harder and stronger and faster than ever before. Because that's how he's built. That's how his dad coached him to be. That's just in his DNA. He is such an unbelievably competitive person. He wants the ball today. Okay? He wants the ball today. And listen, I don't know what happens tomorrow. And we've got more company coming in. And this is going to be an abbreviated show. So I'm going to finish up here shortly. Uh, But LSU will host Mississippi State today uh, in the SEC tournament. Gann will be the starter. And uh, against Moffitt, I expect State to win the ball game. I, I really do. I don't know what happens tomorrow. Tomorrow goes back to a single elimination deal. But the bottom line is State is still alive. State will be a national seed. And that's one thing, being in Hoover, talking to some people that are a lot more in tune with what happens with this thing than you and I are. They tell me Mississippi State is going to be happy on Selection Monday, regardless of what happens in Hoover. And that's even before State beat LSU. So State has won that ball game. That's another top 50 RPI win. I think you get one more today. And he, I, I would love another crack at Vanderbilt. But here's the deal. I don't think we need to go any deeper in this tournament. I don't, I don't really care what happens. We don't have to get to Sunday to feel good about ourselves. we got to get into Monday and then be ready to come back to Duty Noble Field next weekend for an NCAA Baseball Regional. Well, folks, that's going to do it for today. An abbreviated show today. Again, it's a special day in our family, so I appreciate all the well wishes. Uh, but I've got you know in-laws and, and parents and everybody here, and I want to spend some time with them. So uh, look forward to being back with you on Monday as we prepare uh, for the uh, the selection show on Monday. Might even run the show a little bit later so we can kind of begin to preview uh, what to expect in NCAA tournament. So we'll, uh, I'll let you know. We'll, we'll change some things up. We'll see how it goes. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends and enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.